I'm Dave. I'm Tom. I'm Richard. I'm Rob. And this is episode 76. We We, made it. We have made it, all of you. Uh, This, of course, is the episode, well, we have a couple of possible titles here, genuine possible titles here. We are calling it Animals Are People Too. It was originally written and known as Animals, but that confuses it with the story last season, and sometimes it's also known as Pets. Mm. But we're calling it Animals Are People Too. The final episode of The Goodies... Ever. First broadcast on the 13th of February 1982, a Saturday at 6.45pm. Folks, we're at the end of the run. What do we think of their final episode? Tom? Not the worst episode, but very close to it for me. Richard? I had some moments in this where I was laughing and I thought there was some good material in this. I must admit, this one was probably a little bit too surreal for me. I didn't really get into this one much at all, though. So what? It's a lot of rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a series of sketches in search of a plot with some fair to middling bits that (laughs) I overall enjoyed, but yeah. I'm sort of in the middle of, I think, all of you. I enjoyed this one more than I expected to. I agree with you, Rob. It is a lot of sketches, some of which work, some of which don't and kind of struggling for a coherent plot. But there was some very funny stuff in here. There's some very interesting stuff in here. There's some very disturbing stuff in here. Yes. And that makes it hard to really enjoy. I enjoyed it more than I thought. Now, I have seen this before when it was shown on Channel 7 about 30 years ago or more. I've forgotten a lot of it, but there were a lot of moments that suddenly came flashing back into the memory as I watched it, particularly that music right at the start. That really weird oh, yes. background music, that for some reason just got stuck in my mind and frankly all week it's been stuck there. It's been quite annoying. <laughs> Bill wrote a catchy little tune, eh? He did, he did. <laughs> so we'll get into it. We open with a shot of Greybag's pet shop with some weird satirical music going on there. And then we cut to Tim dressed as someone I didn't recognise but who we'll talk about in a moment. I suppose initially he comes out of the shop with the... Barbara Woodhouse dog training kit and it's really just a box so you think mm. of course okay well it's obviously got an instructional video or something in it and he's got a brown paper parcel as well but yes he then goes into the gents and then comes out the ladies dressed as Barbara Woodhouse now Barbara Woodhouse was a quite well-known dog trainer who had recently had a show on BBC2 training dogs the Woodhouse way where, of course, the country got to know her and her accent and whatever. So, yeah, she was very much in the consciousness at the time. I do remember her shows being on here. I must admit, I have absolutely no memory or knowledge of her whatsoever. As a result, I got that Tim was doing, you know, that dog trainer sort of mom sort of thing. Mm. But anything more specific, I totally went over my head. Some of her methods, I think, were a little bit eccentric. And, of course, some of her mannerisms and that, which, of course, obviously made her a very suitable object for parody. Mm. Now, the result of this is Tim dressed up as Woodhouse trying to train his dog. The dog yeah. doesn't respond at all. Well, I was going to say, we should put a shout out to the dog because that's Terence. It is. Bimbo from the other Animals episode. Yes, who doesn't respond at all, but Bill quietly walks past and <laughs> suddenly he responds as a dog would. And then a whole crowd of people 
are responding as a dog would. Graham sees this and has his Graham has an evil idea moment. <laughs> At this point, I kind of thought I knew where this episode was going to go. I thought Graham has seen that this technique allows you to control man and as a result he's going to go and do Graham evil schemes. It's not where it goes though. No. no. You, you notice though the setup here is they're really, again, this is another example, they're not really the goodies. They've got three completely disparate careers. Yep. Yes. So Graham's got a shop. Bill's just a man in the street mm. and Tim wants to be a dog trainer. Yeah. And it's like they don't even know each other. No, it is. Start. And Bill plays different roles because, I mean, he's the dog and then later on he comes back as the bullet. Yeah. If the series had gone on, I wonder whether this is a template that they could have followed. No. It's a good point you raise, Rob, because I had a similar thought. First of all, we're 76 episodes now away from Tower of London, but as you guys say, we are now completely gone from the original concept of the series. I do wonder whether there would have been a path that could have gone down more. Whereas you say, forget about them even being the goodies. They're just three actors who have different parts every time. Kind of like um, Ripping Yarns was doing at that point, where Palin just turned up as a different character every week. But that was an anthology in itself, whereas if they turned the goodies in that way... I mean, the last time that they actually did this was High Pressure, where they just really didn't start the episode in any way or recognisable form. Mm. So it didn't work back then. Uh, and I don't think it worked here either. Well, I think it worked better here. Well, it might have worked better here. Because the material, I think, was better. Following Graham's evil idea, though, we do start to see this whole thing of people as dogs. And he's got new lines in. I did, like, just a quick shout-out, I did like the bit where he stuffs Terrence in the bin. They, they change to the stuffed dog and then Terrence winds up in the bin. Mm. Very cleverly edited. We get the shot inside his pet shop there where he's got that pen basically full of men with dog noses and ears on and, 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 and like wearing dogs. overalls and Tim comes in to buy a new dog and is sold Bill Bill two minutes ago was basically just a bloke walking through the park who happened to be obviously controlled by Barbara Woodhouse yes and here he's now in a dog costume well I think this is the point because Graham's gotten the idea and then all of a sudden he's over Greybag's person shop yes so it's like he's gone out there and rounded up everyone to treat them as animals do you think that the lack of narrative coherency affects your appreciation of the episode as I said, I didn't really engage with this one much at all. Okay. We get a filmed insert, which is Tim sort of walking Bill and trying to train Bill. There's some quite funny stuff in that. It's stuff we've seen before. Mm. But again, we should make the point, if you're just watching the goodies go out in the 70s and 80s without repeats or VHS mm. copies, that wouldn't be too big a deal, you know, as opposed to us who've just gone down and watched the last 76 episodes all in one go. And, and this is where we wind up. Yeah, yeah and so we, we are probably a little bit cruel in terms of recognising gags that have been used before. I did like the bit where they're walking down the street. Bill's going to go and have a whiz up against the post mm. or yeah, whatever. But funny. I was just going to say, I watched this episode late one evening with my youngest daughter, and all of the surreal aspects of it, she, you know, they would have sort of gone mm. over her head, but some of the physical comedy she really mm. appreciated. The bit where Bill is dragging Tim along and he runs into the post and he falls backwards. Yes. She really enjoyed that. I mean, the kids always like that sort of physical comedy. Slapstick, yeah. And look, you know, The Goodies has been around for 10 years or 11 years at this point. It is a kid's show in a sense, so you can see that there's that appreciation yeah. there. After 11 years, he's probably worked out exactly how to do it without injuring himself. <laughs> exactly. And often. And I want to give a shout out to the stuntman on the bike who goes head on into the car. I had a note there about that too. That was really well done hmm. when Bill runs off from the family later on. The next scene probably emphasised the rather unusual nature of it where Graham's P 
people shop is now in full swing and he's got the little person in the mouse wheel. Something you couldn't get away with. No, in the window. And you've got the people bringing in, obviously, their unwanted animals. And they're coming out with people dressed as monkeys and a bloke in a rather interesting parrot outfit. Uh, (laughs) Not really trying, were they? The props there. No, and that was quite unusual. Where it struggles for me is not so much the surrealism, but it's the undertones you have of humans dominating each other or I mean slavery is too strong a word but there is that kind of very disturbing aspect of going in and treating a human being as an animal and buying them there is an undertone there that is actually quite disturbing and I was thinking about that before Dave there is you're right it is I mean Graham in the shop with the stick threatening to beat the humans dressed as animals Mm. is and you're right, I mean, the whole slavery aspect of it is, is, is there. I mean, people are being treated as pets. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't want to underscore genuine slavery or anything like that, but there are those tones there which I think, as I say, I, I think I enjoyed this episode more than perhaps the other three of you, but yeah, even in that scene particularly, I was a bit disturbed. And that segues nicely into the next scene, which I think is the one where this whole episode sort of turns around and yes. is very disturbing, but very good. I think Bill gives one of his best performances here. It's a fantastically good performance. But this is basically where they give almost a little homily on the whole pets are for life, not just for Christmas concept. Well, I was going to say, somebody clearly has a point they want to make here about this, and I'm guessing it's probably Bill. And it is that anthropomorphising of the pet, Mm. and what would your pet say to you if it could? And this is particularly that whole thing of, you know, you used to think I was cute, when you first got me, you used to play with me. Now you don't have time for me. And that's actually really disturbing. Yeah. It sort of undermines the whole notion of the you know, human-pet interaction mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. have. And I was just thinking that there's a very distant echo of this into something like the League of Gentlemen, where it basically subverts everything. Mm. Just thinking about that particular scene, Dave, it is very disturbing. And I think for me, anyway, it's more amusing for it. Yeah, and the fact I, I that Bill's basically spooning Tim right at the very end. Well, I was about to say, some of that stuff actually where he's up on the bed trying to get Tim to pay him some attention, some of that's actually quite creepy, really. <laughs> it, but... it is, it is. And it's, it's a very fine line that it walks. Sometimes it's the right side and it's very thought-provoking and very good drama. Mm. Sometimes it is actually the wrong side and it's a little bit too disturbing to it, make its point. Probably an element here. I mean, look, this episode obviously has got a, as we said a minute ago, has got a very clear message it wants to send particularly in this part of it, whether the goodies perhaps is the right vehicle for that sort of message, maybe. And we've said a couple of times in the past that where they do a message episode and they still mine it for gags, it's phenomenally effective. Where they do a message episode and it kind of loses the gags, they just don't work. If you're a child watching this, would you think that you'd be affected by the message if you understood it, that your pets aren't just something that you can have for Christmas and then throw out after New Year? I don't think anyone watched the goodies for messages. If you're a child watching the goodies, you watch it for humour and comedy mm-hmm. and the interaction between the three of them mm. and elsewhere out there. Getting a message about, oh, it makes me think about my pet Fluffy, never would have happened. Even though the next film sequence is the bit where Bill is in the kitchen. The next sequence actually is really quite preachy. You have the first bit where obviously where he's being given Playboy magazine to read, but Moe to drink out of a, a bowl and steak and chips. But then you sort of get to the stuff with the kids maltreating him and you know tying the firecrackers to his tail and pulling the nose, which actually I think must have hurt, really. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that is really quite preachy. 
It's somewhere between a public service announcement and tonight on a very special episode of The Good. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets more disturbing because having completely anthropomorphised this pet or bill and shown that it very clearly is a human with human feelings, for Tim to then turn around and say, fine, we'll go on a walk. We'll go on the longest walk of all and have the bit where he puts Bill in a sack and is about to throw him in the lake. Wow! Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is hitting home. There's nothing euphemistic about it. This no, no. animal into the, into the water. I do subvert it a bit because Bill, you know, gives him the sad eyes and then when Tim swayed, he sort of does a... <laughs> but up to that point. Yeah, oh, for sure. His dog. Yes. But it does lead to Tim having his conversion on the road to Damascus and suddenly founding Tim's Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to People. And that, that is actually quite funny. And that, that is Tim you know, doing those sort of characters that he does so well. That, that altruistic but so pompous without any self-awareness. Yes, exactly. you know, he does that so well. And so that becomes really good. And as we come back from the ad break, Graham has gone full loony and is now farming people. Yes, well, he has the rumbling tum carnivorous cuisine, which the inference is it's one of many establishments that are obviously now just serving any animal mm. because Tim makes a point that he does hardly ever sees any actual animals around anymore. Mm. And Graham said, well, no, because they're all gone because we're eating them. Yes, having ordered the hamster burger and the gerbil dumplings. <laughs> I, I thought they were just cute names. No, you like Kenneth. Yes, that's right. You selected them when you came in. But I was just waving hello. <laughs> I saw the bit where Graham just totally flatters. Wishing won't bring them back, Tim. <laughs> Graham does that deadpan so well. Just the whole thing goes, would you like a doggy bag? What is it? Doggy. <laughs> <laughs> and it works because the more shocking the material that is expressing, mm. if you're deadpan like that, it just really makes it more funny. Mm. Yeah. It tells him not to eat the twiggler because it's actually a stick insect. <laughs> yes, and I did think there were echoes here of that episode of The Simpsons where... Monty Burns goes into the steak restaurant and picks the cow. (laughs) (laughs) But as Graham says, it's all meat. Mm. Now, there are food storage problems around Britain, which Graham is going to solve. Well, the People's Republic of China helped by sending a panda. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The, The end of the restaurant scene is Graham gives Tim the idea that now there are no animals, what you could be doing with all the stray people that Tim has is put them into work in the jobs that animals used to do. So, of course, you then get your next film sequence where you've got the police attack dogs, you've got the guard hooligans. <laughs> they're, they're really good, actually. Yeah, you've got the homing persons coming out of the baskets. Then you've got the Queen's carriage being pulled by people dressed as horses. Now, I have to say, this maybe shows the lack of resources at ITV because that is a very tatty carriage. Mm. And it is very obvious that that's been filmed in a back street with no crowds or anything mm. anywhere around. <laughs> We then move to, I guess, the climax or the final act of the episode, which is all set at Dr. Grey Bungle's people farm. Yes, well, Tim works out clearly that he's given 100 people to Dr. Grey Bungle's, which by extension means Graham's going to fatten them up and then kill them and eat them. Yeah. This reminded me a little bit of a film that came out last year or the year before by the British comedian Simon Amstel called Carnage, which was done as a documentary, I won't say mockumentary because it actually was done very, very straight. And it's set 20 years or so in the future where nobody eats meat anymore. And it talks about the revolution and how people change their attitudes and other than real freaks at the fringe of society, nobody eats meat anymore. And it has these really disturbing scenes like where 
they've shown like you know six seven year old kids footage of you know your parents used to eat animals and the kids are like in tears and they couldn't believe that you know, their parents would be so evil as to do that and it has all these very similar sort of imagery so i don't know whether some names to watch this but if you enjoy this episode that's something to go and watch as well but it is very disturbing Ooh. bill is now for some reason a book yes and Graham's trying to convince them all to continue being bullocks. Yes, they have a union dispute. They're very bullshit, these bullocks. Yes, that's right. I suppose they do get to chuck a couple of... Um, Animal puns. Yes, in there he says, now your cow's bullocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and indeed, I suppose a cluck's out of the question. <laughs> yes, when he's trying to get them to continue to be animals, yes. After Tim comes in and sort of exposes Graham's plan, it really then just becomes a, a chase sequence. Mm. Yes. And at this point, Graham... He's trying to get away from the animals slash people and Tim and slowly devolves, I guess, into an animal as he's trying to hide amongst them. So we get that bit where he breaks the cucumber off to make it in the horns and he's hiding in the middle of the bullocks that are doing moo, moo. And of course, yes, to help flush Graham out, Tim goes back to being Barbara Woodhouse. Mm. So, yeah, the, the chase sequence goes on. Tim, as Woodhouse, is eventually able to sort of corral the animals all to get Graham. We then get to the climax of the chase sequence which is when he falls in the sheep dip and suddenly he's sort of pinned in with all of the people dressed as animals just sort of making noises at him and yes, coming that, to is, get that is terrifying well filmed another way that's a horror movie isn't it it yes, is yeah, yeah, basically yeah. the day the animals turned <laughs> and so Graham has been defeated we move then on to the coda of the episode which is Bill and Tim back to being just Bill and Tim out in the countryside on a picnic having a pie, which I know where my mind instantly went. <laughs> it, there's, there's all the subtleties then removed where they pull Graham's glasses out of the pie. It's like, you didn't, did you? No, no, I would never do that. And then we cut to the kennel with a sign, beware of balloony on it. And Graham, in his last little bit of physical comedy for the series, does a really good impression of a dog jumping out of the kennel <laughs> to eat his little scraps. And we then... Have a little Looney Tunes exit. That's all, folks. Very That's yes. all, folks. Prescient, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So when we discuss this, <laughs> we've clearly made the point that it is very surreal. It is very disturbing. There is clearly a message they want to send. We've laughed a lot at a lot of these jokes, though. Would those of you who didn't think the episode was particularly good at least agree that a lot of the set pieces are quite funny? Yes. There are some quite entertaining moments in it. Yes. Tom, you don't seem convinced. I laughed a couple of times, okay, but not throughout. I reckon with another draft of the script, this could be something like South Africa, where a message episode I think really, really does work. Or even maybe something like Alternate Roots, which hasn't dated very well, but again, the message kind of works into the plot quite well. I think it could have been that, and I don't know whether it's just that the script didn't quite work, or whether it is that the imagery just was too disturbing. It's very hard to switch from laughing to being disturbed and back again mm. in, in, you know, several times in the space of 25 minutes. Particularly for a show like The Goodies where I think, as you said, Tom, it's not really what you tune in for. Mm. Mm. So it is an odd episode. I enjoyed it. I think, I think it's got its faults, but I laughed a lot. I think there are better episodes they could have finished on. As I said a couple of weeks ago, I think Change of Life would have been the perfect finale. This is a very unfortunate finale because it's not a finale in any way. It's so far from what the goodies have done that it's a shame it was their last episode but it is in that case we'll move on to our regular segments tropes and well 
if it's not done now, it's not happening. So, <laughs> Graham as an evil scientist or a loony is definitely a trope that they've done many times and come back to. That's another drag role for Tim. It is. It does end up being two versus one kind of, although this time it's Graham. Yes. As the one, which is a bit of a hark back to the first couple of series. Mm. Graham doing violent things to animals. Yeah. It was Land of Hope and Glory on the violin? Yes. Ah, uh, yes, it was when he was playing the violin. Yes, There's it was. an appearance of the royal family. Yes. Uh, and Bill, once again, almost corpsing when he gets bashed over the head with the violin. violin. Yes, <laughs> he does. Yes, he does. But now a standard trope by this time. And Tim's shiny shoes are showing off again. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And another restaurant by Graham. Hmm. Mm. I also noticed here, this I think is the first time we overtly see Tim Brooke Taylor having dyed his hair because it's actually not his usual shade. Oh, is it? In some of the scenes, I don't know whether it's the filming or the, or the studio, but his hair is definitely a different shade of blonde. Oh, um, it's wow. actually quite dark. Mm. Well, there you go. Strawberry. Mm. What couldn't they get away with today? Well, <laughs> I, I actually think a lot of this, as I said, it would be done very differently, but a lot of this sort of satire and indeed animal rights social commentary, you absolutely could do today. Mm. And this is probably how you do it today. Yes. Uh, I think perhaps the interpretation of some of the animals, like the uh, stud bull there towards the end, you might not yes. be so overt about... Yeah, that's that's fair. Probably wouldn't even be vert about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not Irish at all. It's not overt. It's... <laughs> but no, look, I think it's a weird episode, but I don't think it's one that's particularly problematic. No. Well, for the final time, our favourite gags. I found it hard to find a favourite bit, but I will go with Graham's Restaurant and uh, Doggy Bag. What's in it? Doggy. I'm going to pick the very final joke of the episode, which is Graham in the dog kennel. Because of the way that he just does that leap and comes out, we've spoken now for 76 episodes about Graham's physical <laughs> comedy, and this is just another example of that. I really laughed at this point. I laughed at a lot of this, but I was disturbed a lot of it. Rob? I, again, I'm going to come with a Graham gag. I mean, it could have been pickles in the restaurants. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with him in the in his shop. Look at them frolic. Frolic! <laughs> 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 with the big stick. So, yes. And I'm also probably going to go for the restaurant. That was, I think, the best scene for me in it. And I, I'm actually going to go for the bit where Tim accidentally selects Nigel and Kenneth when he waves <laughs> at them when he comes in. <laughs> So that's our discussion of Animals Are People 2. Now, you would think this being the last episode that you would have a long conversation about the series and the goodies, but we're not going to because we're going to give you a whole special episode on that. Yes. And in fact, on a couple of other things. So we want to wrap up this podcast properly. We're going to have three specials to do so. Next week, we will be talking about what happened next. So just the goodies after the goodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that we're going to be doing one just focusing on the goodies in Australia because there is actually a lot to talk about there specifically and then we will be having our was it all worth it episode to wrap this up and look back on 76 episodes but as I said next week we will be talking about what the goodies did after the goodies so on your way to Acacia Road you might take a walk in the Black Forest You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum.
Those hamster burgers were 100% Nigel and Kenneth. <laughs> Nigel and Kenneth? Yes, you selected them when you came in. I was just saying hello. Well, I'm sorry, Tim, but wishing won't bring them back. Don't be too sure. 